Hi everyone, I'm Daisy. And I'm Elsa. Welcome to our podcast. Advice of what not to do. Where we talk about our life experiences while you listen and learn from our mistakes of what you shouldn't do. P.S. No legal advice provided. This is for entertainment purposes only. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode with us. We are so happy to have you here. Yeah, so today's um, subject is going to be really interesting, and this is going to kick off our second episode, so let's just start out hot. We're going to be talking about purity culture, and so FYI, um, when we talk about intimacy, we're going to refer to it as playing the piano just to try to keep it pg or pg-13 on this episode i know i like to listen to podcasts while driving and sometimes i'm driving like my kids to school so i (laughs) playing the piano (laughs) yeah so you know what that means now in this episode (laughs) in this episode all right daisy so when you think of purity culture what do you think of what is your definition of that? And we're not we're not trying to make this episode something like informational or teaching people. We're just talking about our opinions, our experiences, our experiences, our opinions on this subject. Yeah. So the first time I really heard the term was from another podcast, actually, um, when I heard the term purity culture. And of course, we all have heard in church that as young ladies or young women, we have to keep ourselves pure um, and we have to be pure in front of God and things like that. And so for me, purity culture revolves around the idea that young women are held to a standard sometimes that young men are not held to. Um, Within religious purposes, we're told that we have to um, adhere to abstinence because otherwise we're not pure anymore. And that really messes with your self-esteem, I think. So purity to you, when you think of purity culture, it means abstaining from playing the piano. With someone that's not your husband. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think of it too, as abstaining from playing the piano. Um, Oh, it, it doesn't have to be just without, with somebody that's not your husband. I also think abstaining from playing the piano even if you already play the piano with somebody else um just abstaining from doing it again until you find your husband yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i see what you mean like like yeah i see what you mean but so outside of uh marriage in general yeah but uh, today i think we're gonna talk more about like growing up growing up um you know being taught to wait until marriage Yeah. So again, like we mentioned before, we both grew up with, I I mean, our parents are very, very different, I feel like. And so to start off with, my biological father wasn't even in the picture for my growing up. And then it wasn't until I turned about eight or nine that I really remember starting going to church with my mom. And she got really, really into church. Um, I think I got baptized when I was like, again, eight or nine years old um, through the Christian church. And I even remember being shunned by our own family that was Catholic. Because once you're Catholic, you you can't be anything else. (laughs) And I don't know how your experience was 
my experience was I grew up with my dad was a preacher my mom was you know super religious and stuff and we grew up baptist which is you know very well you know different baptists different people but this is was just our family as in they were serious they were you know just serious and serious with the religion um and i say religion because i like to think of religion and spirituality being different but anyways <laughs> that's not what we're talking about today yeah we're talking about purity culture but that is our background on growing up in in the church in the church being involved and so when i turned um 11 or 12 my mom married a pastor and um i think that's when things and of course it was like my preteens so that's when I really was exposed to purity culture um, through through church and through church events. And I specifically remember one event where it was kind of like a youth camp type vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they separated the boys and the girls as if we shouldn't all know about each other's biological I needs. I mean, they but... do that. Did they do that in public school? Um, separate us when they had the... The playing the piano talk? Not in no when in my health class, no. They um, only they only separated us um for like maybe one session, but it wasn't like for the other sessions where you learn about putting stuff on a banana and all of that. <laughs> we were doing that together. <laughs> I don't know if I ever learned how to the banana thing. The banana thing? You never learned it? I don't think so. I remember we even had to do like a budget and everything to analyze like if we had children, what, what that would come. Did? The same, the same, oh. <laughs> this is the same high school we went to, bro. <laughs> I do not remember this. Oh, you know what happened? <laughs> um, I think if they signed, if they made the parents sign a permission slip, yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure my mom decided not to sign it. Oh, and so I wouldn't attend that class. Yeah, and I and my mom wanted me to attend that class because she thought that that was very important part yeah. of my education. Even though, and so because my mom wasn't always religious, she was very open to that, um, to talking to me about those kinds of things. Yeah, my parents, well, my mom especially, never talked to me about these things. Um. My dad talked to me when it was like too late. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so too I'm, late for the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, anywho, you had already played the piano. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like already in college and all that. <laughs> so a poor, poor parents. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I got the purity talk a lot in church, um, in churches and camps especially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole, you guys should have a, you should have a promise ring as early as like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. A promise ring to show not only, um, not only for yourself, but to show other people that you're abstaining. That you've made that promise in front of like God and, and the church. And, yep. and so, yeah, and we were really young. I mean, I, I was 11, 12 years old. And this continued on throughout, you know, middle school and high school. So what what were your thoughts when you were in high school about all of this? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> what were my thoughts? I well, I didn't. OK, I didn't have the the playing the piano talk 
in high school. Now I've realized this now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, y- during youth groups or camps, they would talk to us about this. I don't want to give too much of my personal life, but, you know, when they were talking about this, it was already happening for me. Mm. You don't want to give too many details. Like, no, I don't. Just that we know it was in high school. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sometime in those four years. Yeah, but um, I, I want to... When I talk about this, I want to talk more about how it affected me into my adulthood. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah. For me, I think it all really started getting serious in high school, though. That's why I asked because of the decisions I made as a teenager and but I feel like you know hey those decisions have impacted me to this day as well and so one of those decisions was that I believed that the person that I was meant to marry like I was praying for them that was another thing they Mm -hmm. would tell us like you need to pray for the person that you're gonna marry and so kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy you know that we hear about in psychology that you put this idea in your head and so you're waiting for it to come true. Um, Well, because of that, I didn't have any boyfriends in high school. Really? Nobody. It it was because of that? Yeah. Because you were waiting on your husband? Yes. Because I knew I I wasn't going to get married with anyone that I wanted to date in high school, so I wasn't... Was it because nobody caught your interest in high school as, oh, as no. like a as oh, like well, a husband well as husband a material husband yeah. material no you were, so you at I in, mean what eighteen year old is gonna <laughs> I mean what eighteen year old is already thinking about getting married me <laughs> <laughs> at eighteen okay not eighteen but like in high school sixteen yeah in yeah. let's just say in high school mm-hmm. I wasn't dating guys because i wanted to get married with them i just thought they were cute mm-hmm. and i you know i wanted to spend time with them because they were cute and that's like a normal like a normal thought process but i'm telling you that because of how ingrained it was in my head that i just thought hey it would it would be better and also i wasn't allowed to date so and the way that my parents you okay know, i see this okay so what happened with you is that you got when when they would tell you the they would tell us these talks not together but separately when they would have these talks with us because we went to different churches yeah yeah waiting until marriage and you know all those things you you took it seriously as in you're going to wait until marriage for whatever reason and i took it as i can't do this until marriage so now i want to do it even more hmm No, I, I, yeah, I definitely took it very seriously. However, that didn't stop me from exploring other things like on the internet or, you know, like as far as playing the piano goes, like I would maybe watch people play the piano online. And I, I never did that. No, I guess I just tried it. Like I actually tried it. (laughs) You actually went and played the piano. (laughs) You learned how to play the piano. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like what happened with me is, and I feel like what happens with a lot of people is you tell them not to do something. Like something is forbidden, mm-hmm. and it makes it 100% more desirable. Correct, correct. Um, and that didn't happen with you. And that didn't happen with me because I felt, you know, quote unquote called, and I felt like 
I really, I really believed that God had someone for me mm-hmm. and that I really needed to um, save myself for that up until a certain point in my life. And then I, I kind of flipped it around and was like, no, I need to get rid of this now. So I needed to start playing the piano as soon as I graduated high school. <laughs> so it wasn't, you, you didn't start playing the piano because, okay, did you start playing the piano because um, you got tired of thinking about having to wait or because you thought you met your husband? It was kind of both, yeah. Like, because I thought I met the one or I thought at least that this was a serious relationship and that it was somebody that I would be with for a long time. And that if anything happened, because at the back of my head, you know, it's always that idea as a woman that you could get pregnant. Yeah. So if anything happened, this person would be an acceptable person to to have that happen with. You think you thought this way as well because your mom was more open to talking about um, intimacy with you? Maybe. Would she, would she talk about that with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, I mean, she also thought it was weird that I didn't have a boyfriend. And I remember being at 12 years old. I remember being so serious when my grandma asked me. Because, you know, you get to a point where they're like, oh, you have a boyfriend, you have a boyfriend. And when you're in kindergarten, you're like, yes. I have a boyfriend and then you grow up and you're like, ew, boys, cooties, gross. (laughs) For me, it was the opposite. (laughs) Well, anyway, (laughs) I remember one time my grandma asked me and I was like, no, I'm not going to have a boyfriend until I turn 18. Why? Because you can't go out with anyone unless you're ready to find a husband. And that was what my stepfather taught me. And it was like, and he was very strict. And I remember that with my step-siblings, he wouldn't allow them to date. So even at that young age, like I I had already made up my mind that I wasn't going to date anyone until I was ready to go out with someone with the idea that marriage was going to be the end goal. So Daisy, when when you would think about playing the piano with somebody outside of marriage, how did you feel? Like, did you feel scared, sad, guilty? Um, well, I mean, during my, that's why I was kind of saying, like, during high school, I was scared or I knew that it would make me feel guilty and that's why I didn't want to. And it wasn't until I met... Wait, scared of what, though? Well, that, you know, going to hell or just not not being pure. I mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> when whenever I would whenever I would think about you know feeling scared or guilty for what I was doing or my do you know before I did it mm-hmm. um I would see it as like God is gonna punish me mm. I mean I didn't think I was gonna go to hell but I was always scared like God is gonna punish me um you know I'm if I'm gonna end up getting pregnant I'm gonna get really sick somebody close to me is gonna die <laughs> And, right. to, and, and I feel like to this day, if, um, you know, if, if let's say I were to fornicate or anything like that, I feel like I'm going to be punished to this day. To this day. To this day, purity culture is still affecting me. I see what you mean. And I think it affected me for a long time, too, because, you know, I write ironically, but <laughs> ironically enough. Um, the person that I did end up playing the piano with 
was my husband. So it, again, for me, was like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like I would tell myself, I'm not going to do it with someone that I don't see going in to like the long term with. And I remember you telling me at one point, like, are you sure this is the only person that you've played the piano with? And I was like, hey, that's the point of like what I've been taught was to only play the piano with this one person. Do you think that you waiting to play the piano? No, you just do you think that you playing the piano with that person um, made you con más ganas want to get married with him because you had done that? Yes, absolutely. 100% because I felt like if we didn't get married, then I would have been quote unquote saving myself for nothing. For like my efforts up until that point, up until I turned 18, would have been like in vain. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay. So purity culture in a way impacted my, de- yeah, it, it, it impacted me making the decision to to get married at 20 years old. Do you have any regrets of waiting and doing it with just one person? No, absolutely not. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a good experience overall. I don't regret it. So in a way, purity culture affected you overall positively, negatively? What do you think? No, I think it, I mean, uh, for my own self-esteem, very negatively. Um, because it definitely impacted the way I saw myself after I played the piano. Oh, yeah. Um, How did you see yourself? Well, I felt, felt guilty, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, and since we were both still going to church and we were not married, um, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, looked at like, oh, I'm living in sin. I'm living in sinfulness and I'm not a pure person anymore. Um, and especially because we had already played the piano and we weren't married. Um, and I don't know, I guess people assumed that we were not playing the piano. Yeah. Because I mean, because we went to church, because we went to church, we were a Christian couple Yeah, (laughs) and we were young. And so it was like, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So now I see that we both have very different experiences and took purity culture in very different ways. Mm-hmm. So on your on your end, it was more like you rebelled against it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, on my end, it it was like you tell me you can't do this, and it makes me think like, why not? What is so special about it? <laughs> And since my parents wouldn't talk to me like your mom would about, you know, the the intimacy and the playing the piano, playing the piano and all that, I had no clue. And I didn't think about Googling. Well, actually, back then, you couldn't really Google. Um, I had dial up. (laughs) (laughs) And so I couldn't I couldn't even talk on the phone and be on the computer at the same time. And we all shared a computer in the household. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't look it up online. Um, so when I, when I was wondering about it, what was so special about it? The only way I knew how to is talking with my friends Mm -hmm. and talking with other boys and talking with boys who have probably already done it. And they tell you like, Oh, that's amazing. 
Exactly. Well, in my case, that that boy, he he was also in the same boat as me. Mm. We were both like we we were both in church okay. and we were both curious, I guess. So you both wanted that experience. Yeah. And we were curious, I guess, what I mean, I can't speak on his behalf, mm -hmm. but I know I was curious on what the whole mystery and lo prohibido was. And and I, I think I think people can relate to me. Yeah. Do you did you ever get that talk where they get where they had like the glass of water and like the glass of like juice? And it was like once you pour the juice in the water, you can't get the juice back out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was our that was that was how we were supposed to feel if we played the piano with someone else like that piece of you always sticks uh, that piece of the other person will always be with you or like it tarnishes your your self-worth or your pure quote-unquote purity and so i think the problem with me was that i tied my self-worth so much to the fact that i was not playing the piano and i was low-key scared that if i did end up getting i don't know like um taken away by someone mm -hmm. that i didn't want to play the piano with then like i don't know that was just one of my worst fears And okay, so whenever, whenever I was playing the piano, or as like Christians like to call it, fornicating. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I was playing the piano before being married with this person, me and him, we would both feel a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, you would talk about it after. We, yeah, yeah, we would talk about it after. We would say we need to stop this. But the more you say you need to stop this. The more you want to do the it. The more you want to do it. I Yeah, I was there too. <laughs> and and what happened with me, like, you know, before I got married is that, you know, I knew this every time it was forbidden, every time I felt guilt, like every single time mm. I felt guilt. And, and that's not the kind of way you want to feel after being with someone that you really want to be with, even if it's physically, emotionally. But the guilt for me would bring some sort of like high of feeling good afterwards. It would. Because I'm like, I'm a rebel in my head. And it would, <laughs> and it would make me feel like, like cool in, in my own head. Not cool, but, you know, I would, I would enjoy it more because I knew it was forbidden. Mm -hmm. So whenever I did get married, it became a little boring to me hmm. because it wasn't forbidden anymore. No, I didn't. I didn't feel like that. So what happened? What how purity culture affected me is that it, and I feel like it happens a lot with with Christians. Maybe, I mean, I don't want to speak for other people, but it's like you want something so bad, you get it, and then you get bored because you know it was forbidden for so long. Then you get bored. And then that's when other people cheat because they feel like cheating is that new forbidden thing. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, like you, and I see that a lot, especially with guys that waited like you, mm -hmm. or not like you, but just waited. And then um, that not, happened. Not like me, I ended up not waiting. <laughs> Or, or, you know, right. just did it with that one person and yeah. then they got bored later on and, you know, they needed to try something new and forbidden. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, 
it also didn't help, I think, the fact that we both got married so young. Yeah, I mean, you got married with the guy, the only guy you ever dated, though. Right. And you told me, like, are you sure you don't want to try the other fish in the ocean <laughs> first before you get married? <laughs> and I mean, I just told you just just to make sure, not because I wanted you to sleep mm-hmm. around, mm-hmm. just so you can, you know, think. And and I mean, I'm glad. I wish I would have been in the same boat as you, to be honest. Okay, why do you wish you would have been in the same boat? Um, because, I mean, I get, I get the, even though I, I can judge a lot the church for how they would shame us in a lot of ways um, if we don't wait. And I don't know if, and I feel like it was a double standard with guys and girls because mm-hmm. we were shamed to, if we didn't wait, but we didn't also, we also didn't expect our future husbands to wait. To wait, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I I feel like it's good to wait because then once you're married, you're not going to be comparing your experience with your husband mm. with other like other partners, yeah, yeah, in the past. So, I mean, in that way, I see why God tells us to wait, why church tells us to wait. Okay, so you see how the church is pushing for purity culture since we are young but I think the idea is that it's a good concept for older people more mature people but when you're like 10 11 years old like you're still I mean for me I was still playing with Barbies yeah so like the whole concept of waiting until marriage and playing the piano was so abstract to me And by the time that it did come around and, you know, there's hormones and there's like all of that stuff going on in your body. You're trying to build your ideologies and and your spirituality. I think it conflicts with your social development and your um, self-esteem, self-worth. And so like for me, for example, I felt for a really long time that it was part of my identity. Uh, well, I, I didn't feel like it was part of my identity. I felt like, um, at a young age, I felt sexually objectified. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the point where I was, you know, that age and I felt self-conscious wearing spaghetti straps, mm-hmm. wearing shorts, mm-hmm. wearing bathing suits. Um, I felt <clears throat> like I was not pure or I didn't look pure. Like, I was worried about other people's perception of me. Right. And especially when you go to a church that, like, people know you so personally and they know your family and you're wondering, like, the what will they say kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, And even even when I would go to the beach, I was just worried that people would as you know i was young i was 12 years old mm-hmm. i was i didn't want to wear bathing suits i would wear a t-shirt and shorts because i didn't want people to see me as some slut no yeah i 100 percent agree like i remember wearing like the basketball shorts mm-hmm. and like um yeah it, it took i mean sometimes i think i would 
be okay with wearing like spaghetti straps and stuff but it took me a really long time i didn't get my first bikini until i was already 18. yeah same here i didn't feel comfortable wearing a bikini out in public especially if it's around people i know yeah because i felt like yeah i was sexually objectified and i also think this purity culture thing is unfair to men because it makes them seem like these like these monsters these sexual <laughs> like yeah like they can't control themselves yeah, like, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um but it's just it's unfair in so many ways and also one of the things i remember as a youth leader later on when i was at church trying to steer away from this concept of purity and trying to tell girls that their self-worth was more than that like i would try to tell them like yes you might hear this from religion but from your relationship with god you need to know that you are worth so much more like it doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter if you've already lost it it doesn't matter if you've uh played the piano with one guy or 10 guys like your self-worth is still is still valuable like you are still precious in your own in your own body and nothing can take that away from you that's beautiful and um but it's hard because then you know you have older people telling these kids like you know the law and like you have to stick to the law um and i think the fear is that they are hoping that these teenagers aren't gonna go and and you know just play the piano with anyone and i and i get that but i feel like that's also part of building an open relationship with the the teens and the church and everything and being open about you know playing the piano yeah um i feel like the the church tries to have some kind of control over the kids and teenagers decisions Mm -hmm. especially since they're younger and more um more gullible to believing things Mm -hmm. and i mean my biggest pet peeve about this culture this purity culture is that um the art in our intimacy has it's out for the public yeah it's like everybody's business it's like yeah 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 and that that way they can also control how you dress how you talk how you present yourself and they do that a lot more with girls than they do with guys and even if you want to say like no, no no we tell guys that they have to stay pure as well okay but are you micromanaging how every boy in the church dresses versus how girls dress? Because yeah. I've seen that a lot in a lot of different churches. Now, I also have seen, you know, like iglesias que se pasan de, de religiosidad y legalistas and that husbands and wives can't even sit together. But that's like a whole nother. But yeah, that's another thing. But I, the, the whole we're a temptation. Yeah. That is annoying. That's also part of, I mean, we think that's also part of purity culture. And so (laughs) I remember one time I was so, so mad. Like I wanted to leave the church and this is coming from, you know, my perspective of God damage and a lot of damage that the church in general does. And, And we're not talking about like a specific church or like, you know, a specific religion, because I think it's across denominations actually that this happens. Cause like you said, you were Baptist. Yeah. I grew up Pentecostal. And they're completely different, but yet we're connecting over this whole idea of purity culture. And um, one day I 
thought I was wearing a really cute outfit with a skirt because I hate wearing skirts. But the skirt, you know, came above my knees. Mm -hmm. And it was like a tight fit. Mm-hmm. And the pastor pulled me into the office and told me that that outfit was not appropriate for church. And when I was like, but why is it not? I mean, I'm covering up like I felt really cute. Yeah. I even told my boyfriend at the time, later my husband, like before we went to church, like, hey, do you like my outfit? Whatever. And then the pastor said, no, you've got to understand that there's guys that they're trying to come to church and like worship God and yeah and you're distracting them yeah i i i got that same thing before and it's like why is it my responsibility yeah um to take care you know to take care about how men are thinking um but you know right now as you're saying all this and talking about the skirts it makes me think i have my daughter in a private school in a christian private school she's five years old and Part of their uniform is all girls have to wear skirts or dresses. That's how my private school was. And with leggings on the bottom. Hmm. And it's like at that age, why are they making five-year-olds wear like big skirts and dresses? (laughs) You know, (laughs) are are they saying that they're a temptation? Are they sexualizing five-year-olds? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question because the school that I went to was the same. All of the girls had to wear skirts. And all of the guys had to wear, like, you know, I mean, we they still had a uniform. Like, they still had to wear, like, pants and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's something, you know, you know, we see a lot throughout. Not here, we see it more in the U.S. in, like, Christian schools or religious schools. But in Latin America, all of the private schools are basically like that. Yeah. So, and- but again, that comes from also in Latin America, like, most of the schools are Catholic-based. It makes you think, and I mean, even though the society now in general doesn't doesn't say you have to wear skirts, just like we're talking about right now, um, we're still judged a lot by the way we look. Elsa made me laugh so much. What? <laughs> when we were shopping and you said, are these heels appropriate for church? Because <laughs> they were really tall heels. <laughs> they were tall heels, but I'm like, yeah, no, those heels are going to be very distracting to the men that sit around you. They're going to be looking at your toes <laughs> and your ankles. Look, to this day, I still worry about how people see me Oh my gosh. at church. And that is one of the reasons that a lot of people don't even want to go to church. And I mean... I don't know how else to to explain it. You know, as much as we know mm-hmm. that there's it's but I, it's, church church is judgy. Church is judgy and and it should be your personal conviction, but no matter how much the pastor preaches like, you know, personal conviction over legalism, over laws, um there's still, you know, old school people in the church that they're still going to judge you and you know, I relate I relate the church a lot to the gym. Mm. Because the gym is full of people that are out of shape or want to get in shape. Mm -hmm. So they're not perfect, but they want to be as perfect as they can be, right? Same with church that it's full of people that are sinners and not perfect, but they want to like get close to God and become better people. Um, And the church is full of people that judge others for having wrong form for the way they um, walk or dress. Mm-hmm. And same with church. Or speak. Or speak. Or what they listen to or what they watch. and Yeah. The same with church. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're not trying to bash the church at all here. 
We're just trying to talk about our experiences. And I think churches are evolving. A lot of churches are are modernizing their stance on this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, purity culture is still it's so still. harsh. Yeah. Um, especially, like, we're saying teaching it from such a young age it really impacts a girl. Um, and, again, like, we can only give a girl's point of view. But... I mean, I understand why they teach it at such a young age. Because, like, how I said, my dad, he mm-hmm. taught it to me too late. Mm-hmm. But what is... It's about how you tell them appropriate. You should teach more self-love at the young age. Yeah. And less... Um, self-worth and self-value. Self-worth, self-value. Yeah. And less of, you know, um, that you're going to be damaged. Or shame. Or shame. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw as a, a youth leader was... Okay, I know that the the kids at our church were quote unquote not allowed to date, um, but there came a time <clears throat> where like let's say a guy got a girl pregnant, mm-hmm. um, or a girl got pregnant, whatever. In my eyes, it's both of their responsibilities. Yeah, but you know people are gonna be like that girl. That girl opened her legs. Así yeah. se, no, así dicen. Son bien vulgares. Mm-hmm. Pa que abrió las piernas. That's what, I, that's what I've heard. Pa que abrió las piernas. I remember at my old church, there was this one couple that um, he played music and she was just, you know, part of the church in some capacity. And they had, she got pregnant before marriage, out of marriage, out of wedlock. Out of wedlock. Yeah. And they made them come up in the front of the church and apologize to wow. the whole congregation for doing that out of wedlock. Like, wow. they made it everybody's business. Yeah. And see, that's one of the things that is, like, cringe, as the young people would say. And <laughs> I, I can relate, not because they made me come up there and... um. I, I got pregnant out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. My dad was the pastor of the church. Mm. That was scandalous. Sounds scandalous. Yeah. I mean, good thing I was living in the university in college at that time. So I wasn't really attending that church. But they judged my dad hardcore on that. And they judged me a lot, too. And as like a, yeah, and as like a, you were saying, like a pastor's daughter and my stepdad was a pastor, like we felt even more pressure to try to live up to that purity culture and and to not sin, quote-unquote, if you call it sin. Um, but, you know. I mean, I was, I was living a double life, you can say, because I was trying to um, teach, like... Aparentar. Aparentar mm-hmm. as this pure girl. And when that wasn't the case. And then I was exposed with my belly. <laughs> it was like uh what is that show and it sucks because that took away i because i was ashamed of that happening with church i i was so ashamed that i didn't tell anybody that I was pregnant for the longest i wasn't able to really enjoy my pregnancy Bro, because i felt shame that just reminded me like the way they go from like don't have sex to oh <laughs> The way that they go from don't play the piano to when are you having babies? Like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I 
couldn't stand it when people at church will ask me all the time, when are you having babies? When are you having babies? And at one point, I would just like snap at them and, you know, Lord forgive me or whatever, but it's just not a question that you ask. You do not know what that woman or that couple is going through. But see, that question is asked because from the very beginning, our intimacy mm-hmm. is everybody's business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't agree with purity culture. I think it's definitely something that we need to move away from. And I'm going when, as my kids grow up, I'm going to tell them to try to abstain as long as they can. Because I still feel like it's a good idea to wait until... Because I I think it's a good idea to just have one partner. Even in marriage. Because you're then you're not... You're not having those issues of jealousy, of um, temptation as much, of comparing mm-hmm. partners. But I'm trying to figure out a way to explain this to my kids without making it seem and so you you have kids so you can see it as like a parent's point of view now whereas i'm just still i want working through my god damage i guess when i talk to my kids i want it to make it more about Mm -hmm. self-worth self-love um do it for themselves yeah not for appearances not because somebody's telling you you have to yeah. yeah i mean the bible does tell us the Bible tells us a lot of stuff. But the the like, Bible the Bible pork. also says that <laughs> your relationship with God yeah. is your relationship with God. Yeah. Like you're it's to you know it's an A B conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And I mean nobody's relationship is gonna be the same. Like even if you would say like your relationship with your parents is the same as your brothers. It's not. No. No. But they're still your parents. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's what it is with God. Like, you know, everybody's relationship is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but All right. next time, I guess we'll talk more about church. <laughs> 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 no, no. Not all of our episodes are going to be about church. No. This one just happened. So, so to this day, you still think that, like, purity culture is is okay, but within, like, certain parameters? Yeah. I think so. It's okay within certain parameters of not feeling shame. Mm-hmm. Um, you We shouldn't be objectified. Yeah. Sexually objectified. Um, and yeah, just take from this episode what you want. <laughs> <laughs> With a grain of salt. With like- a grain of salt. <laughs> this is just our opinions, our experiences. And we're still living. We're still growing up even through adulthood. Yeah. And like we said, I mean, this is something that I feel like I'm still healing from. Yeah, me too. Um, through body positivity, through sex positivity. Um, because, you know, recently I've become a, a lot more of a... that playing the piano positive person. <laughs> and, you know, we're both... I'm divorced... You're separated. Mm-hmm. We were both at one point, you know, married. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to square one, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
And don't remind me. <laughs> so we're back to like feeling like we were teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh. and having to to go through all of the motions again of of where does my self worth mm-hmm. lie and and yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so let us know what you guys think and you can you can comment on instagram you can dm us on instagram we promise we won't give out your personal information or anything like that but yeah send us a message let us know what you think about our conversation so far and um, if there's anything you want us to add, we can definitely add it to the next episode. And if there's anything you guys want us to talk about or discuss, I mean, like we said, we're not giving advice. This advice, I don't know what not to do because <laughs> we are not people that should be giving <laughs> advice. We're still learning ourselves, but we can definitely talk about it. And maybe our point of view will be different from yours and it'll make you think. Think. Yeah. It'll make you analyze. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week to our podcast. Tune in each week to listen to a new episode of advice on what not to do. Muchas gracias. gracias.